Hey, Steve. I've been thinking about a lot about our last conversation, and I definitely think we should continue it. Do you want to do that? Death Note. Right now. Right now. On We Need to Talk. Welcome back. So glad you could join us. I am joined yet again by Pepin. How are you, Pepin? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Fantastic to hear. And uh, today we have a special guest. His name is Nick. How are you, Nick? I'm great. He happens to be related to me somehow. I deny that. So we're going to talk about Death Note. Great show. We talked about it once. I'm not done talking about it. I don't think I am either. Never. All right, so so we'll continue the conversation. Is there anything burning that anyone wants to start us off with? Well, no. Now, I know that, Nathan, you had a particular character that you wanted to speak on. Yes, and that character would be the infamous or famous, I don't know, Matsuda. Okay, is there anything specific do you that you want to go over? Who, who do you remember him as? So, I remember him as the kind of wanting to be good, not quite sure what he's doing kind of guy. He, I don't know, he's kind of silly, but he's also kind of uh, serious. But he's he kind of questions himself a little bit. He's not quite sure what his role is. I feel like his role from a storytelling standpoint is the audience. I feel like he represents the audience. He's excitable. And he he's the one who always needs to be clued into things. Um, anytime that there's something that they kind of like shoehorn in, um, like when uh, they first meet L and L mentions that they need a name and a face. He's like, oh, I remember that they need a face, but I don't remember hearing anything that he needs a name. And then the chief is like, oh, yeah, they mentioned that at this one meeting one time briefly. You must have missed it. So in a way, he's kind of a plot device? In a way. I mean... Arguably, everything is a plot device. But yeah, he's. I think that he represents the audience and, and the, the conflicting ideas there. He's like a, a channel for them to get across the point that, like, some. Like, there is some good coming from what most people are perceiving as an evil thing and what's what the show is showing to be an evil thing. There is good coming from it. And it shows that conflict that the, the viewer might be having. Right, right. I mean, we're talking about the part in the show where. Uh, I think Matsuda asked, you know, isn't, you know, thousands of criminals are dying, or not thousands at this point, but, you know, all these criminals are dying. Isn't that a good thing? And, you know, he asked this to all of his police friends and stuff, and they kind of look at him a little weird. And, you know, you have to ask that question because, you know, you got to introduce that, whether the police are thinking about that or or not, you know. If it's not addressed at all, it's kind of weird, you know. Aren't the police, you know, going after criminals and stuff? Isn't this a good thing for them? So he kind of has to introduce those kind of elements of, like, uh, those plot elements. He does introduce that element, but he does not introduce it in that way at all. Mm-hmm. All he says is, uh, just as a note, their crime is and war are down right now. But he in no way says, because of Kira, and Kira is doing a good thing, and anything like that. It's not until, like, one of the last two or three episodes that he actually says 
that he feels conflicted in his heart that Kira might actually be doing good and in a way is good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he thought that from the beginning, you know, because to me he implied that with that question. He was trying to, you know, get at, like, isn't he kind of on our side? I mean, what, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely implied in the beginning. I would say that he was unsure about his stance on it. But it was also very evident that he wanted to catch Kira as well. Like, he was one of the few members that actually joined, like, with L to put their lives on the line, like, knowing that they could probably die doing it. He was very impressionable. I think that that might be the best way to explain him. Um, because anything that the Chief said, he went along with. He was he was pretty much married to the Chief's opinion at all times. Hmm. Yeah. And then over time became married to Light's opinion because Light took the place of that leadership role when both L and um, Chief Yagami were dead. He's also very flexible in what he can do because he was Misa Misa's manager for a little bit there, and he was a great manager. I mean, I, might, I say. Yeah, I mean, he, he got her in with the Yotsuba group, and I thought that was a real great opportunity for Misa to really expand her career. <laughs> I mean, it works. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, I can't think of any other person in Misa's life who got her that much further in life, let alone in, in just her career. I, I think it's it's much bigger than that, even. He was the most positive influence on Misa of anybody. Mm -hmm. So where does that put him, like, morally or kind of, like, um, as far as the plot goes? Because he's not necessarily essential, but he also add something great to the plot i think yeah no he's uh he's he's definitely essential especially at the end he's the one who shoots light um and he has a chance to kill light and he chooses not to he shoots next to his head instead um which kind of ends up wrapping up his character pretty well in um he finally takes like all throughout the show he's kind of useless and he's kind of just like there and um he starts to feel that uselessness and then he breaks into the Yotsuba group and basically puts them behind schedule of where they should be by making themselves aware um to the Yotsuba group to the people in that in that conference room by making them aware that you know they exist finally at the very end uh he's the one who who takes the action to to shoot light it's the first action he's taken that wasn't something contrary to to helping catch kira it was the final thing that stopped him mm. i wonder if there's something going on there like from a metaphorical point of view because if matsuba is say kind of a stand-in for kind of the audience in a way and or either the audience or the author you know kind of the author not being sure what's right and what's wrong in this case and it didn't in the end matsuba doesn't actually kill light you know, but it's kind of scares him off. He's kind of, you know, the author or in the, in the audience might be trying to, you know, get at it is, uh, I don't want to take this power myself and kill someone. You know, I have the option there. It's kind of the opposite of the death note because he has the option to kill someone who is, you know, easily guilty of murdering millions. I think uh, millions, right? Yeah, I think it's like thousands. Uh, yeah, it's probably not quite millions, but yeah, okay. Let's, let's say it's thousands and thousands. It's a lot thousands. of people. It's probably the biggest mass murdering of all time. Not probably, but it, it definitely is. I think he surpasses the Holocaust significantly. 
Yeah, probably, considering, like, the length of time that it took place. It was like, Wasn't it, like, seven years? It was, like, five or six years, I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I also think about the guy, the priest guy who got, who was just, like, a religious kind of nutcase, who was, like, writing down names, like, one after another, after another, after another. Priest guy? Priest guy? Yeah, I think it was the priest, right? You know, the guy who was, like, all righteous about himself, and uh, he, he said, delete, delete, delete. Oh, Mikami. Teru Mikami. No, he's not a priest. He was a lawyer. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> and he yeah. was just someone who like worshipped, like he thought he was of worth light as God. Yeah, he was working for light, basically. Right, right. Uh, he's kind of like a priest of light in a way, but he was just going crazy with names, like. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine he killed like you know at least you know ten thousand people. Um, pro- it, probably. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how long he was active for. I thought it was only like. A couple months at it, most. It was a shorter period of time. The longest period of time was from Light's death to when uh, M and N actually start chasing Light again. And that was uncontested. Even the U.S. government, like that was a huge thing that the U.S. government even rolled over. He had nobody trying to catch him except himself, air quotes on that, because he wasn't actually like the, the task force was worth nothing at that point. And actually with Mikami, for a while nearing the end, he actually wasn't killing anybody. It was actually Takada that was. Mm -hmm. He was just giving the names to her and then writing in a fake notebook to make it seem like he was still doing the killing. Right, right. Did he know that, though? I don't think he did. Yeah, he knew that. He knew. He's the one who made the fake notebook. Yeah. Okay, okay. So so not essential to... Yeah, that that does contradict my point. So fair, fair. Either way, the people were still dying. It just Mm -hmm. technically wasn't him that was doing it. Yeah. And I definitely say that White is still responsible, or you know, Kara in this case. Kara's still responsible for all those deaths because he's yeah. kind of the master um, puppeteer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So speaking of Terumikami, actually, there's a really interesting theory about the end of Death Note and how it ends, and how with the plot of the show, it's that Terra is using the fake notebook in public on purpose so that people, so that people, um. The people following him from the SPK notice him using it in public to kill people. But in reality, it's um, Takara doing it. Can you just refresh my knowledge of that a little bit? So uh, Takara is... Is the spokesperson for Kira, like the new spokesperson for Kira, mm. who Light was had dated previously in college. Right, so that's the, the, the girl... Yeah. yeah, the girl, and that was the, that was the same girl that was on the bus, right? Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I'm yes. pretty sure, with with Ray Penber and that yeah, whole yeah. fiasco. And, sorry, what you're saying? So, yeah, so he's not using a real notebook, it's fake, etc. And he has the real notebook, like, he had sent five pages of the notebook to Takeda for her to do these killings, and had been using the fake one in public, like I was saying. Um, and he had the real notebook locked up in a safe, safety deposit box in the bank and had kept it there until the day that he was to go to the yellow box, the warehouse that they were in on the in the final episode, to kill everybody in the room except for Light. Because when Takeda dies, when she lights herself on fire after Mello has captured her, Light writes her name when he in his uh, when he has the scrap of paper in his watch. He writes her name and says that she dies. And simultaneously, Mikami is writing her name as well in his death note that he goes to the bank t- to get out to write her name. Like, because he figures Light isn't able to do it at that time, so someone has to kill her before she gets, like, yeah. caught kind of thing. So, when he goes to the bank to do that, he's still being followed by the SPK, by Giovanni, I think. And Giovanni 
notices that this is the second time he's gone to the bank in two days. And that's completely out of the picture for him because he is extremely based on like habitual like movements. Like he only goes to the bank every single like month, once a month on like whatever date, like or whatever. Methodical. Right. Methodical. Yeah. And that's part of how they used to catch him. Right. Part of exactly. And so because of this near realizes that there's a possibility of it being a fake notebook because he went to the safety deposit box to get the real one. So it's presumed that that's day after making me left Giovanni went in and stole the notebook, the real notebook that was in the safety deposit box. Therefore it was in Nier's possession at that time. And that was a couple days before the warehouse events happened. So basically what if when Nier got that, he actually wrote Mikami's name in the notebook and he wrote that Mikami goes to the bank, gets the, what he assumes is the real notebook, doesn't check it and comes to the warehouse and writes everyone's name except for lights down in the notebook. Because it's not completely outlandish to think that Mikami is so smart and thought out. Like he even thought to kill Takada and like he found Takada. He picked that for light all on his own. It's like perfect. It's not outlandish to think that Mikumi would have naturally checked if the notebook was real or not before he took it to the warehouse. Like, that is completely something that I would think he would do, given that he's extremely smart and extremely methodical. Hmm. Right, right. That That's pretty interesting. So, to encapsulate that down real quickly, the theory would be that Mikumi... Is being controlled by the right, notebook. Right. Nier would write something right, to the right. effect of why he had it be the specific time and wouldn't want to change the date is because he wrote down in the notebook that this would happen. And uh, so yeah, he, yeah. it has to be then. Okay. And it also explains the ending of the story because, in my opinion, the way that Mikami acts is not how I would think that he would act given his character. He he doesn't take any action. Like in my mind, I would think he sees light as an ultimate God. He would do anything for him. I would think that he would be trying anything he could to save light. He would be physically attacking the other people or anything he could possibly do. But instead he just stands there. That's it. He doesn't do a single thing. Yes. He's in handcuffs, but I still don't believe that that's all he would do. Yeah. That's an interesting theory. It's, it's, I mean, it plays on all the rules of the bone book. And also there's the bus episode that's mentioned previously where something kind of similar happens, where White plans out the murder of Ray, not Ray Pember, uh, the the uh, bus jacker, the bus jacker. He plans out the murder, and it kind of meticulous way like that, and it actually would be very kind of uh, it'd make a lot of sense because when I was watching that, uh, the way I saw it at first was is Nier's very very confident in his, in his own ability, but not only that, but he also saw it as him putting it on the line. It's like okay, this is my theory. I know how to get this. You know, this is. This is all my chips on the table. But he also seemed a little too calm for that. Like, mm. almost like a little, like... Like, he was way too confident in himself. I didn't quite believe him when he said, uh, you know, this is kind of it, you know. You know, let's see what happens. Yeah, I agree. And he he was just complete confident that no one was going to die, even after Light told him his whole thing about how he switched the pages of the notebook and knew he had tampered with it, blah, blah, blah. And Nier was still like, it doesn't matter, like, it's going to happen. And I honestly think that's because he had written Mikami's name and everything that happened, he had already planned and couldn't have gone any other way. And it also explains 
why Mikami then commits suicide, because he could have just written Mikami commits suicide after he writes the names. <laughs> right, right. That, that's pretty interesting, because it would explain a lot. Well, not, not explain a lot, but it kind of gives some a great justification for the ending of that, you know, with Nier being so confident. And it also makes sense for Nier not to reveal that that's what he did, right? Because if he did that, that'd be kind of providing vindication for it being a method. And, you know, it's kind of weird if that's, like, kind of the ending, you know, you have to use the Death Note to, you know, kill the Death Note in a way. It's kind of weird like that. But that could actually be part of the solution to it, or it might be why it has to be hidden as well, because if people know that, it's like, oh, so this actually is a good tool for good, right? Yeah, it, yeah. I, I think people would not agree with what he did just because because he was very much like L in the fact that he didn't care if other people died. He just wanted to prove who it was. And this was the only way to 100% prove who Kira is, is by having Kira's follower write down everybody name everybody's name in the warehouse except for who Kira is. And then you have physical evidence, mm. and that's all he ever wanted. So he didn't care that somebody was going to die or that he was using this tool to do it. He just wanted to prove it, and that's it. Yeah, and just to back up you what he said about uh L being willing to do that himself, uh on I think it's the second episode where he kinda has that guy step up on the stage and says, you know, I am L, you know, Kira, you are evil. Lind L. Taylor. Yeah, Lind L. Taylor. Uh L is completely willing to kill him because that guy is already kinda dead, you know, he's set to be executed that day. So it's kinda like a either or thing, you know, it's if it's me it's gonna be someone else. But you know, similarly if he's that confident if Nier's that confident in White being the you know the murderer, and also this other guy being you know convicted of mass murder and probably ex- being executed as well. Would it really make a difference to him? Um, I don't. Okay, so great theory. Uh, definitely could have been. It's it's like uh, you ever see the movie Clue, how it has multiple endings. That could definitely be one of the endings and how it happened. I have a completely different theory which I want to go into, but to your point, L is going to use the notebook. He's going to have a, uh, a a convict who's on death row write in the notebook, and then if the convict doesn't die in 27 days or 13, 13. in 13 days, he's just going to be able to go free. He's so L's going to, going to use the notebook to prove the no- – to, to end the notebook. And in your theory, that's just N taking that same, same approach. And basically L – N is supposed to be L carried on. Yeah. He even says that specifically that that's, he says, that's not how we do it is exactly the wording he says. And he's talking about himself and L as a whole, basically. It's not how they do it. They don't just decide this is who it is. And that's how it is. Like he, he needs physical proof of who did it. And this was the perfect way to do it without possibly failing himself, L and Kira. That's how they all play the game, because this is a chess match. Yeah. Long to short. Well, to, te- to tease out a small detail here, Mello and N are kind of like, they're the successor to L, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they're very similar to L, but they're also kind of different in their own ways. Mm-hmm. N is a lot more uh, lighthearted, not lighthearted, but he's very, I don't know, he's a crap that's autistic, but that doesn't doesn't quite get across. He's not really willing to, like, get his hands dirty so much. He likes order. He likes, you know, kind of nice, tidy stuff. Whereas Mello is very kind of thuggish. You know, there's some scenes where he's, like, in the kind of, like, hang out with gangs and all this kind of stuff, and he rides a motorcycle. And to me, like, you know, these two kind of different aspects of L are found in these two. And, and 
for me, it would make sense for Nier not to want to, you know, resort to, you know, divulge the information that he used the notebook if he did. Whereas Mel would be completely fine with it. He'd probably use it for his own good. And I think L, you know, is kind of like a combination that, you know, okay, I'll use it just for the, to prove itself the case, but I'm not going to, like, use it, you know, after that. or. So. I think that the the way that the show presents the the finale is N brings them all there and it's on that specific date because that's the date that he switched the notebook out. So that would mean that if, okay, so it started out with N N's only plan was to switch out the notebook. And when he did that, he took the notebook from Mikami and he waited and he was going to wait 13 days from when he switched out the notebook. And if Mikimi was still alive, then the rule was false. Therefore, the only conclusion is that Light and Misa are Kira 1 and 2. That's following L's frame of mind to begin with. Because the whole reason L died was because he was going to prove that the rule was fake. And if he proved that that rule was fake, the 13-day rule, that would mean that Light and Misa were guilty. No questions asked, and then they would be sentenced to death. Because Ram wanted to protect Misa, she killed L. So and prove, right. So proving the rule false is what would decide, hands down, proof whether Light was Kira or not. So that's the reason that he was going to switch out the notebooks, and then he was going to wait that specific amount of time up to, down to the second. Now, when he, when the whole thing happened with uh, Takara, and they uh, they realized that it was a, a fake notebook, and then they got the real notebook, then and knew right then and there. Okay, so I know that I know that Light's plan was to have a fake notebook, and you know what? He would have killed all of us in my original plan because he knew my plan. But now he thinks he knows my plan, but really I know that he knows my plan, my old plan, and therefore I'm making a new plan which supersedes that. So he's so confident for two reasons. One, he knows exactly what Light is thinking and that Light thinks he's one. Hmm. And that he has he has the real notebook. And two, he's been able to see the Shinigami the whole time. So he knows the notebook that he has is real. So he knows he has Light. Now, the reason that Mikami doesn't do anything crazy to like break out or anything is because he's in the presence of God. And God is claiming, I don't know this person, and, like, making crazy claims. And when he does act is when Light calls for him to act. And Light says, Mikami, do something. And then Mikami has that absolutely ridiculous expression on his face that creeps me out to no end. It reminds me of the uh, the Titans in um, Attack on Titan and the creepy way that they run that. just It gets under my skin in a weird way. But anyway... And then he Harry carries with the pen and like blood spurts everywhere. And that allows light to run away. So he does do something for his God. And that's why and is so confident because he knows exactly what light's plan was. He knows he has him captured. And two, he knows that the notebook he has is the real one. 
because he can see the Shinigami. Hmm. That's the way I think the show portrayed it. That does not mean that your reasoning, Nick, might not be an alternative or might not be in conjunction with all of that. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm, I feel pretty conflicted right now because I like both theories right now. You made a very, good, very, very, very good argument right there. And it does show why N would be so confident in himself because – he, you know, he got Kira in a corner in a way, or and also your what's that guy's name again? The uh, Mikami. Mikami. It also showed why Mikami would go so crazy because that's a scene every ember where Kira kind of denies him and he just goes fucking ape shit. Well, well, no, like, all he does is go ah oh, and like hangs his head, like my own god is denying me. But like he also at the same time realizes he doesn't really have a choice. I felt it when it happened, though. It's just kind of like, oh my god! Like, yeah, like, you could feel like his soul crushing inside. And uh, yeah, that that scene made me uncomfortable too. Like that whole end makes me uncomfortable, and I love it. Like, I agree with that. Like, that makes sense for how he'd act. But even under the control of the Notebook, it's not like they can't act how they normally would. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Like, if it was written in the notebook, it would just be, like, the specific actions he would take. Like, he would write down everybody's name except for Kira, which is L. Or Light, I mean, sorry. And then he would commit suicide. Anything that happens between then could be whatever, like, he actually was feeling. Like, he's not, like, being made to act, oh, you have to just stand there and, like, do nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, it would, it makes sense still that he acts how he does, but I don't, I just don't think that. The Harry Carey thing. Like, I don't think that's exactly what it was. I don't think it was just for a distraction because there's nowhere for a light to run anyways. Like, there was only one entrance and they were all watching the entrance. His god was asking him to do something and there was nothing else he could do. I don't know. That was the only thing he, he could do. Why wouldn't he just stab someone else then? Why do you, why because he was that? handcuffed. He couldn't make any motions. All he could do was a motion towards himself and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I just think it's extremely extremely convenient that he dies there i think that's the key point that is missed is that mikami dies it's like it's not like oh he's injured or anything that is he is dead they say it specifically they say he's dead i think he has to die because everybody that light uses aside from misa dies i think he had to die too but i think he had to die because his name was written in the notebook and he can't change it after it's written i don't think that n would use the notebook that way i do Hmm. I, I don't think, think I don't think he had a reason to use the notebook that he way. Had, he already had light in checkmate. You don't need to take out the queen when you have checkmate. I disagree. I think that there's always a possibility that something could happen, and like everyone knows, light is extremely savvy in the way he talks and stuff like that. He could have swayed the people somehow, and this just one hundred percent, without a doubt, it's over. And that I think near would take that chance and do whatever he could to make it a 100 percent. this is over i am the new l kind of thing right so i think the contention here is whether n would be that confident in himself and you make a very good case to as to why he would be that confident but as we we're discussing earlier well at least me and nick were arguing on this point i don't think that near wouldn't go the full mile if he could you know if he did have the idea, I think he would act on it, you know, even being that confident because a lot of the kind of uh, cat and mouse games are being played is 
you know, L having a great plan and then White being, you know, figuring out and being one step ahead of them and both being one step ahead of each other. And that's the issue with it. So this is the point where uh, Nier is one step ahead of Kira and it's so far ahead that not even the audience is aware of it, you know. It's not even spelled out. And I think that might make sense because that, that's been the whole issue with the cat and mouse game, you know, for the whole show. Yeah, and I mean, he, he does need to... I, I don't disagree that if he felt it necessary, he would take that action. I don't think he felt it was necessary because he knew he was already one step ahead of light. And he knew that this one step was the final step and that he had a way to 100% prove that light was Kira. I, I still disagree. I still think that there's variables that he couldn't have accounted for especially with light being how he is and extremely manipulative and has so many people believing him i don't think that near would have underestimated him and i think near would have definitely taken that step to make it a 100 percent guarantee because before it wasn't you can say it was because like all the things he knew and he knew light's plan and stuff but it's still not 100 percent. light almost talked his way out of it for a minute at the end but it's it was way too late. Obviously, he he never talked his way out of it. Not even close. He tried. He uh, tried. I don't I don't deny that he tried, but I don't think he was even a little yeah, bit close. He, he, he was. He was. Oh no, so he was definitely. Done. He was done. Definitely, he was caught. Like he couldn't have talked his way out of it. I agree, but I mean, well, it's he one tried. of my favorite parts of the show. Like because so much of the show is him trying to get away with it and always having a way out, and you can just see his brain going and trying to figure out something to say, something to. You know, get his way out of this, and he couldn't come up with anything, and he started like losing it. He's like, his laugh was this kind of like unsettling, and then him running was this. It was this, I don't know, beautiful in its own kind of way. Um, actually, a little bit of symbolism at the very end of the episode, uh, where he fell on the stairs. That's where he died, and he was on you know the middle of the staircase, and you know that's obviously a symbol for like being between heaven and hell, because Shinigami says you can't go to heaven or hell. Now, of course, apparently that doesn't actually exist. Heaven and hell doesn't exist within this universe. But it's still kind of interesting symbolism because it's not necessarily he's saying he's a... I'm not sure if that's what the author was intending, but in, in a way, kind of using the Death Note doesn't make you like a devil or a god. It's kind of like a neutral kind of thing in a way. I, I just brought that out of nowhere. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I, I think that that was an amazing shot. The The part that... And actually, you're the one who mentioned that to me first. And like when you said it, I was like, Nate, I hate you so much. That's so brilliant. <laughs> um, the the part I really hate about the part with him running is when he passes his old self. Like, ah, oh, that's so contrived and cliche. It, it just hurt me and it, it made me go have lose so much respect for that final scene. Wait, wait, wait. He passes his time himself? Wait, yeah, it, it flashes back to the first episode when he first gets the, the notebook um, before he gets it. On his first walk home, when he's having that monologue at the same time as Ryuk saying this whole world is rotten and all of that, he's walking – he walks down that same exact road and it flashes to like old him and you can tell because he looks so much younger. He looks like he did in the first one. His hair is less defined. It's like the major thing difference, which is pretty funny. But so – and as he's running, he's like <sighs> – and all that and he's like holding himself and then he he starts to look back and like as he's and somebody passes him and then he like turns around and like half looks back and it's him it's his old self like from the first episode 
So, like, it's the first episode and the last episode. So, it's really showing that huge passage of time and being like, remember where he started? This is where he started. Is And I'm like, that's just so contrived. Yeah. Maybe I'd remember that if I saw it. But, that, yeah, that was just something pretty dumb. You know? um, so, so when he's dying, he uh, – I found that, that part really interesting because he's calling out for, like, all of the people that he used the whole time. Um I think he starts out yelling to Mikami. He's like, Mikami, do something. And then he's like, uh, where's Misa? Where's Takara? Like, you fucking killed Takara. Like, how can you, how can you be asking where's Takara when you're the one who killed her in the first place? And that just goes to show, like, how little he cares about the people that he's used and, like, how much they're, like, pawns to him. And I just thought that that, that part where he asks where's Takara was so meaningful to me. I think this is a loose connection here, but it's also kind of like master slave morality with like Nisha. Because, you know, towards the end especially, Light became very, very dependent upon his pawns, on the people who, you know, helped him out. And so much so that he was calling out their names because he was so dependent on them to help him out of these situations, help him, you know, do all this, all this kind of stuff. Beginning, he was kind of out on his own, right? But then towards the end, he starts becoming very, very dependent. And when he was with L, he was very dependent upon L's investigation team to help him kind of prevent being caught himself. He was very dependent upon all of them there in a, in a weird kind of ironic kind of way. No, absolutely. And one of the things he says when uh, he's trying to talk his way out of it is, I've been framed. And the other time that he says that is when he's voluntarily under L's captivity in, in the cell when he first uh, gets rid of his, the notebook. One of the things he says is I, I, I must be framed. This is somebody who, who's uniquely familiar with my situation. And, uh, and I, I think that I've been framed. So that was an interesting parallel as well. That That's very interesting. I didn't quite realize that hmm. because that was him being honest because then he didn't know he was yeah. Kira, so he really thought he was being framed. So he's trying all of these all of these tactics that in the past have either worked or been his honest like feeling and like asking for his pawns to help him or um, an excuse that at one point in time was actually the truth. And he's just kind of calling back to all of the things that have happened to him and He's so gone at that point that there's nothing that's going to to save him, and it just really adds to the desperate nature of of the final scene. Yeah, there's actually a lot of details there to tease out with White and Kira being kind of two people, but also kind of one person. Because there's there's so much to go on there, especially with White is you know just White and not, not doesn't have the memory of being Kira. And I definitely think we should continue this conversation because this is, could be pretty interesting. Absolutely. All right, let's do that next time on We Need to Talk. We Need to Talk. You want to put us in your life note? Well, give us a rating on iTunes. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, WT1, or we're on Facebook, We Need to Talk Show. Also, hey, if you really have us, we're on Patreon. And, you know, we can sign up to be a member there and give us money. That'd be great. But, you know, it's all about the show and us and the fans and stuff. And until next time, We Need to Talk.